praise the Lord. This is Dr. Ruth. Boy, I trust the Lord you are being blessed by these teachings, okay? So uh, I want to remind you to please remember to share these teachings with friends and loved ones. That way we can reach many, many more people with these Bible teachings so as to enrich their lives. And also, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so, depending on where you're watching, you may need to click the follow button, uh, especially if you are on Podbean or Spotify, uh, some other platforms you need to subscribe. Please do so. This way you will receive alerts when we make available other Bible uh, teaching books. And then also check us out on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries. And we have a lot more other Bible teachings there that I am certain will bless you. Okay? And then most importantly, friends, as you are being blessed by these teachings, will you please prayerfully consider to bless us back with a financial donation so that we can produce more programs like this? Imagine how you are being blessed by these teachings. Think about how your financial donation will help us to produce more shows that way we can bless many, many more people. Okay? So uh, whatever amount the Lord put in your heart, that will be acceptable. Because we trust God in his faithfulness, he will bless you back. So we have a very safe and secure website. You can donate from anywhere in the world. All you need is and internet. And here is our website address. drruthtanyorg slash donate. It's as simple as that. Again, www.drruthtanyorg slash donate. Or if you live in the USA, we also accept donations through Zelle. And that Zelle telephone number is 909 5019031 here is that number again using zell 9095019031 we are also on cash app and the name there is the dollar sign dr ruth tani again on cash app the dollar sign dr ruth and I want to thank you personally in advance for your love donation to this ministry, which will help us to advance God's work. And God will bless you back abundantly. And imagine all the lives that your financial donation will help to transform. Because these teachings are transforming lives. In Jesus' name, so we thank you so much for your donation. Praise the Lord. Chapter 26 is the Lord will explain to the Israelites through Moses the reward or rewards for obedience. If they obey him, he will list all the benefits of that. And he will also describe to them the, the, the consequences of disobedience uh, to his laws. So that is the gist of chapter 20. Six. So let's uh, begin right away and take a closer look at some of the verses here. Leviticus chapter 26. Let's take a look at the first uh, couple of um, 
sentences here. Verse 1, do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves and do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. Verse 2, observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. So we see how right away this chapter opens with the Lord warning the Israelites not to practice idolatry. And this is a consistent theme across the scripture. The Lord kept warning them, I am your God. I am the Lord your God. Do not have any other gods before me. Some of us may ignore this warning, but this is still applicable because today, some people may not have idols in the form of a carved image, a sacred stone like the Israelites did back then, but today, what is an idol? Like I have explained before, an idol is anything that you put before God. For some people, their idol is their children. They idolize their children, okay? If they don't talk to their, to their children every, every other hour, four or five times a day, something is wrong. They just lose heart. They get sick. They think more about their children than they think about God. That is an idol. For some people, an idol is their looks, their appearance. They spend five to six hours at the gym perfecting their bodies, but they don't give God a time of day. They don't spend five minutes with God. They get up in the morning, the first thing they do, straight to the gym for four or five hours without even acknowledging God. That is your idol. For some people, it's their wealth. They are so filthy rich that they think they can manipulate people, they can buy love, they drive expensive vehicles, they get up in the morning, that's all they think about is their wealth, how they're going to make the next buck. That is your idol. For others, it's relationships. For others, it's their intellectualism. They think they are too smart. <laughs> uh, they put down the, the Bible, they put down God's word. They think they are too smart. These are all modern-day idols. And friends, anything you put in front of God is your idol. And those things are fleeting. Those things are all vanity. They won't last. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, only the words of God, as encased in the Bible, will last. All right? Only the Word of God can offer you that security, protection, and, and bring you that peace that you're looking for, not material things. So people do have idols. So evaluate yourself today. If there's anything you put before God and repent and truly put God first in everything and he will bless you abundantly, exceedingly. Okay, so we pick it up here. Verse 3, the Lord went on now to explain the rewards and the blessings that would, would ensue if the Israelites obey his decrees or his laws. Let's take a look at some of this. Verse 3, if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in a season and the ground will yield its crops and the trees their fruit. So the Lord is promising them abundant 
harvest. You have to remember, the Israelites were mostly farmers and shepherds. So having a very productive, abundant harvest was it for them. That, that was their livelihood. That was a big deal. For some of us today, it's a fat paycheck. But to them, that was a lot of wealth. So the Lord is telling them that if they obeyed him, he would bless their crops abundantly. Let's take a look at some of the other blessings. We come to uh, verse 6. He will grant peace in their land. Okay. And he will remove wild beasts. In essence, he will, he will um, divinely protect them. And his peace would resonate in their land and in their lives and in their household. And, and he will cause their enemies to disappear. Essentially, he will protect them. And in verse 9, his favor will be with them. He will, he will cause multiple increase in whatever they do. And uh, verse 11 I will put my dwelling place among you and I will not ab abhor you. What the Lord was saying here is that if they obeyed him, he would always be in their midst. His presence in their midst would be tangible. Verse 12, I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. Verse 13, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptian. You see, for all of you who do not agree that you have a role to play in your relationship with the Lord, this is so obvious. And this is a running theme across every book of the Bible, which by now, I hope you have figured this out. Obedience to God will yield Automatic blessings. If you walk in obedience, God's blessings will chase you. You don't have to go on your knees every day to beg God to bless you financially, to protect you, to bless your family. You know what? The Lord is saying that if you obey me, I will be with you. I will protect you. I will prosper you. My peace will reign in your soul and in your household. Do you think that has changed? No. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Obedience still fosters abundance, okay? So if you are not obeying God today, boy, no wonder you may not be enjoying his peace and his abundance. That's just it. This is a law of God. God doesn't change in his core essence. This is still applicable. So let's look at some of the most depressing verses of the Bible, in my opinion, where the Lord will list all of the punishments for disobedience. You know, when I was preparing for this teaching and I read through these verses, my soul was just depressed. It is depressing prophecy. <laughs> Let's go over this. God takes this seriously. And the thing I love about the Lord is that he doesn't hide anything from you. He tells you what will happen. He says, choose life or choose death. He lays it in front of you and gives you a choice. Free will is your choice. Okay, so verses uh, 14 all the way to verse 39 will list all of the calamities, all of the problems, all of the hardships, 
oh my goodness, that would ensue if the Israelites do not obey him. And this also will happen to us today if we don't obey the Lord. It may not happen exactly, but we would endure much hardship, pain, and suffering that we will have brought upon ourselves because of disobedience. So, the Lord said, if they don't obey him, they would experience terror, all kinds of diseases, famine, they would be subject and defeat, they, they would experience defeat from their enemies and they would be subject to their enemies and their enemies would torture them. So uh, let's look at some verses. Verse 14. But if you will not listen to me and carry out all these commands, and if you reject my decrees and, and abhor my laws and fail to carry out all my commands and so violate my covenant, verse 16, the Lord begins to explain what will happen. Then I will do this to you. I will bring uh, on sudden terror. Mm -hmm. Wasting diseases and fever. <laughs> Boy, that will destroy your sight and sap your strength. You will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. Essentially, God is saying that he will not favor them. I will set my face against you. That is verse 17. Hmm. So that you, you will be defeated by your enemies. He is saying that he would remove his protection. Yep. We come down to verse 18. If after all this you will not listen to me, I will punish you for your sins seven times over. Verse 19. I will break down your stubborn pride and make the sky above you like iron and the ground beneath you like bronze. You see, the Lord is already relating disobedience with pride. And it is. So if you are not obeying the laws of God today, as expressed in the Bible, you are proud because you think you know better. It means you are exalting your own opinion. You are exalting your own ways of doing things against the Lord, who is your creator. And he is saying that you are proud. You are a proud person. And that will take you nowhere. It will destroy you. Again, we know that throughout the scriptures. The book of Proverbs, Proverbs really highlights this. Pride comes before a fall. If you are proud, you walk in disobedience, you will not prosper. You will fail. It's a guarantee. I am not trying to scare you. This is the word of God and it comes to pass all of the time. So if you're not obeying God's laws, <laughs> you would be wise to repent. Okay, let's, let's proceed to look at some of these uh, devastating prophecies here. Verse 21. If you remain hostile towards me and refuse to listen to me, I will multiply your affliction seven times over. Verse 22, I will send wild animals against you. Again, we see how the Lord is also tying disobedience to hostility. So if you are walking in disobedience, you are hostile towards God. That's it. You are hostile towards the things of God. And hostility doesn't mean that you're angry, you raise your voice, you, you make a feast. No, just disobedience. Such as... The Bible says, 
you should forgive. If you don't forgive, you are proud and you have hostility towards God. The Bible says you should serve, serve the poor, serve in your local church, give financially to support God's work, treat people as fellow human beings, walk in love. If you don't do these basic things, you are proud and you are hostile towards the things of God and he will turn his face against you and don't be surprised when the enemy attacks you and God allows it because you are disobeying his laws. So we come down to all of those Our prophecies are horrible. Look at verse 25. And I will bring the sword on you to avenge <laughs> the breaking of the covenant. Okay. I come down to verse 27. If in spite of this, you still do not listen to me, but continue to be hostile towards me, then in my anger, I will be hostile towards you and I will punish you. Look at verse 29. Very scary. You will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters. I will destroy your high places, cut down your incest altars and pile your dead bodies on the lifeless forms of your idols and I will abhor you. This is scary, but guess what? It came to pass. It came to pass. And you know, all these prophecies here that the Lord is prophesying to them, pre-warning them, that if they don't obey him, they will experience this. All of this came to pass. All of this happened as we will find out through the study here of the Old Testament. The Israelites disobeyed God. They worshipped idols and they suffered. All these consequences came to pass. As an example, verse 29 happened. When we get to 2 Kings, when, when we get to the study there, you will see how this actually happened. People were eating the flesh of their children because of severe famine that took place in the land. God allowed severe famine that cannibalism took place. People were selling their babies, eating their flesh because there was no food. It came to pass. It happened. And if you come down to verse 33, I will scatter you among the nations and will draw out my sword and pursue you. Your land will be laid <laughs> waste and your cities will lie in ruins. Verse 34. Then the land will enjoy its Sabbath years all the time it lies desolate and you are in the country of your enemies. Then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbath. This also came to pass. Yes, the Assyrians and the Babylonians captured the Israelites into captivity. We will learn more of this as we proceed. You see, <laughs> the Bible, for those of you who don't know, is a prophetic book. Okay? Over 50% of all of the prophecies of the Old Testament have come to pass. They have been fulfilled in the nation of Israel. And in the New Testament, a lot of the prophecies have been fulfilled. When God says something, People, it comes to pass. It will happen. It's not whether we like it or not. It's not how we feel. We can debate. We can, we can try to figure it out. But when God says something, it will come to pass. God is faithful, 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 and consistent. And he will pre-warn you. Just like he was pre-warning these people. They didn't listen. 
and they suffered major, major consequences as we will learn moving forward. So let's come down to verse 40. We see the compassion and the love of God here. But if they will confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors, their unfaithfulness and their hostility towards me, which made me hostile towards them so that I sent them into the land of their enemies, then when their uncircumcised hearts <laughs> are humbled and they pray for their sin, verse 42, I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham and I will remember the land. Wow. See the love of God here. God is saying that. He is pre-warning them. If you don't obey me, all of these bad things will happen to you. But if you repent, I will remember my covenant with Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham. God is faithful. You see, God is even willing to look beyond their hostility towards him and their pride heart towards him and is saying that I will accept a genuine repentance and forgiveness and restore them back into a relationship because of my covenant relationship with their ancestors ancestors rather Isaac Jacob and Abraham so let's talk about a genuine repentance here in God's view when we are truly willing to repent from our past sins or when we are truly ready to ask for forgiveness, three things have to happen here. Number one, we have to acknowledge that we are wrong. We have to acknowledge that we sin against God because all sin, number one, is against God, against yourself and against others. We have to be honest and acknowledge that we are wrong. Number two, we cannot blame anybody else. We have to claim responsibility for our wrongs or for our sins. And this, this repentance has to be genuine. It cannot be coerced. And number three, we have to stop practicing the sin in the first place. So when we are genuinely, honestly remorseful, and we want God to restore us back into a fellowship, those three things must take place. Acknowledge it. Don't blame somebody else. It cannot be coerced. We have to stop practicing the sin. So the Lord is saying that if the Israelites express a genuine confession of their sins, acknowledge they were wrong, stop practicing sin, He will accept that and restore fellowship back with them because of his faithfulness and because of his relationship with Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham. And he is telling us the same thing today. If we have sinned against God, if we are in disobedience, if we acknowledge it honestly, if we are not coerced and we confess it and we stop practicing that sin because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who is our Redeemer, God says He will restore us back into that fellowship. The choice is ours. All right? So we come down to the uh, last verse there. 
which is verse 46. These are the decrees, the laws and the regulations that the Lord established at Mount Sinai between himself and the Israelites through Moses. So that brings us to the end of that chapter. But before I proceed to chapter 27, which is the last chapter, I want to say something here about suffering. Because a lot of times we misunderstand suffering or we shift the blame to the devil or we blame other people. But what we have learned from these brief verses about disobedience to God and his consequences are that there are three types of sufferings that we as Christians may, may um, encounter or may experience. Number one, sufferings that are brought on by our own disobedience and sins towards God, like I said earlier. Okay? And number two, there are sufferings that we may experience because of others, sins by other people. Of course, because we live in a fallen world. And then number three, there are sufferings that we may encounter due to natural disaster. Because, of course, we live in a fallen world. World with There are earthquakes, there are famine, there are tornadoes. We know about all of that. But, you know, sufferings at times are good for us because they make us to pause and evaluate. And the Bible is so clear out of 2 Corinthians 13.5 that each of us should evaluate ourselves occasionally to see if we are in the faith, i.e. are we walking in obedience? Are we, are we walking with the Lord? We have, when we are experiencing suffering, we should not quick to blame somebody else or blame the devil. Because misplaced blaming of somebody else or the devil is something that would, would open the door for Satan to torture us more. That is, that is the biggest lie from the enemy that when you're suffering, it's somebody else's fault and not your fault. You have to do, a, 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 do an honest evaluation. Are you suffering because of disobedience? Are you suffering because there's sin in your life? Well, if you are suffering right now, emotionally, physically, financially, however way you may be suffering, you may have to evaluate. Is it because you had disobeyed God in some area of your life? And like I explained earlier, when you disobey God, when you walk in disobedience, you open the door for Satan to come into your life to attack you, to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus teaches us that out of the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he came to give us life abundantly and exceedingly. So if you are suffering today, evaluate honestly. Is it because of something you did? Because like we have learned, when we walk in disobedience, God's divine protection is lifted. He will not protect us. He will turn his back against us. He will allow the enemy to come into our lives to devour us. So are you suffering today because of disobedience? Are you suffering today because of sin? If the answer is yes, after an honest evaluation, it's simple. Repent. Okay, repent and God will restore you back into fellowship and stop practicing the sin. And then if you're suffering because of the sin of others, well, 
You can stand and trust God to deliver you from that. You can stand and trust God to enable you to walk through this suffering and whatever lessons the Lord wants to teach you, be open to that. Because people, God has given us a free will. People make wrong mistakes and, and bad things happen to good people. So not all suffering is due to something in our lives. It could be because of somebody else's stupid mistake. But we cannot get all caught up blaming others or, or asking why God allowed this to happen, why this is happening. Well, you know, the best thing is to look unto so the solution. Look unto Jesus, who is the solution for your suffering to deliver you. He will bring you through. If you are suffering and there's nothing you did to bring this on, trust God with the process. God will use this to, to, to strengthen your faith, to, to reveal more of his presence in your life, to comfort you. He will bring the right people in your life to walk you through this hardship. Don't quickly give up. Don't quickly allow the enemy to lie to you that it's your fault if after an honest evaluation, you know that it is not your fault. Trust God with the process because suffering brings perseverance and hope and God is with you. Okay, again, this applies to suffering from a natural disaster. Don't blame God. We live in a fallen world. God is a comforter because in suffering and in evil, we see the mercy and the grace of God. Even when we are suffering because of our own sin, God is still there to help us come through it. As we lean onto him and as we are honest with ourselves, as we repent, God is there. So take heart. You are going to come out of it a stronger person, a better Christian, and you would have a testimony to help somebody else who is suffering. So take heart. In Jesus' name. Before we go, I want to remind you to visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. And check out our event page and sign up for one or all of our upcoming events. While there, remember to subscribe to Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching e-newsletters so you can start receiving more life-changing teachings. If Dr. Ruth's teachings are a blessing to you, we would like to know that. So would you please send us an email and let us know? Here is our email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. You can also find Dr. Ruth's simple and practical teachings on YouTube. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch Dr. Ruth's Bible teaching videos at your convenience 24-7. Remember to click the notification bell on YouTube after you subscribe. That way, you will receive alerts when we upload more Bible teachings. I am Chris Horam, and may God's abundant blessings chase you today. In Jesus' name, amen.